Yo, this is Blame One, and you're listening to Step Off Radio Production. Don't front. Internet, what's good? Rob Camacho, aka DJ Shikan, here welcome you to another episode of Step Off Radio. We're trying to get our podcast series onto a somewhat regular schedule. 2018 was kind of our test year. We're hoping that for the year of 2019 going forward, we'll be able to release at least one episode a month if scheduling and time constraints permit. As the year winds down, we want to thank you all for joining us in our second year of operation here at Step Off Magazine. Thank you to everyone who reads all the articles, tunes into the podcast, and shares our content on social media. Your interaction and feedback really is what makes the site, guys. And Without your love and ongoing support, we really couldn't do everything that we do here at Step Off. Also, shout out to all the guests we've had here on the show this year. Thank you to Nate the Threat and Jaguar from Cosmic Force, uh, Jackie Reliano from Border Angels, Junko Conche, and of course, uh, for this episode, Blame One. Uh, thank you again for taking the time of your busy schedules and sitting down and talking with us on the show. Uh, without all your guys' help, we really couldn't have done all these podcasts and been able to expand our platform the way we were able to in 2018. Before we go any further, we want to thank you all again and hope that you all have a safe time over the holidays. We have a lot of ambitious new ideas lined up for next year, and we hope that you all join us again in the upcoming year. And we hope we all see you in 2019. If there was one word that could perhaps best describe Blame One, it would probably be versatility. Throughout the years, Blame One has donned quite a variety of different hats throughout the span of his extensive and at times rocky music career. As an MC, graffiti writer, and b-boy, the North County hip-hop artist has more than earned the well-deserved status of an elder statesman, an icon in the local San Diego hip-hop scene. I got that grown man rap, you can never get rid of that. That reminiscent on 88 inside a bit of cat. More like a pistol cat, never an aristocrat. Low down, dirty and grimy, the wild pistol pack. This an official rap, original missile map. The heat seeking fire, we minds and then split your back. You miss the fact, I'll do hammer stage dances. Before I ever sell my soul for wage advances. Let any one of my click engage glances. The phase of the internet prodigies and trances. Young minds clinging to anyone that might rise. When they hip hop, become a bunch of over the course of his illustrious 33-year career as an MC, Blame One has released six solo albums, several EPs, been part of various groups and collectives, and has appeared on a myriad of songs and rare cuts in other artists' catalogs. With this tireless and unrelenting work ethic, his catalog quite literally speaks for itself, epitomizing the tenets of perseverance and longevity in the rap game. His latest album, The 34th Scroll with producer Vex, is no exception, and is the latest entry in this long and illustrious career of crafty, thought-provoking, timeless hip-hop music. For today's episode, I traveled up to North County to meet up with Blame One once more, where among other things, we discussed the origins of the album's title, his back history and relationship with producer Vex, the significance of the project at this stage in his career, as well as what the immediate future holds for Blame One and his music. With that said, we are proud to present the fourth episode of Step Off Radio 
with Blame One. All right, Blame One, great yes, to see sir. you again. Good to see you, brother. Thank you again for taking the time to sit down and talk with us once more. Absolutely. So um, I was fortunate enough to interview you last year in an interview our readers can check out on Step Off Magazine under interviews. It's entitled Grown Man Rap, if they want to know more about your backstory. But for the sake of our interview today, this time around, I want to focus on the present. Uh, in particular, latest album, The 34th Scroll with producer Vex. Right. So just to jump right into it, what's the significance <laughs> behind the title of the, the 34th Scroll? Where does that title originate and what's the significance does it hold to both you and the overall concept of the album? Yeah, basically um, the title of the album in itself, this is my 33rd year of writing rhymes on paper. So I started in 1985 Mm -hmm. and in 2018 it's been 33 years. So the concept of the 34 scroll was basically leading to what? The future holds so you're kind of hearing the 34 scroll as you listen because what if the way that i had um planned it was that however people perceive the album would kind of direct how i move forward in hip-hop in the future so you're hearing the 34 scroll because it's determining the next moves that i'll make in hip-hop you know so uh basically it's just age and experience really is the whole concept behind it and um i took it from a numerical standpoint as well um just in closure and it kind of led up to uh i didn't initially mean for it to add up to three sevens but it does because the 34th scroll four and three is seven I'm 43, which is seven, and I dropped it on the seven. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So um, it was kind of full circle for me because I think Vex just brought out um, brought out uh, something in me that I haven't been able to really uh, get into since I felt like I was younger. Just in the in the way that I approached it from like an innocence kind of standpoint, as the best I can describe it. Okay. Yeah. like you said, you've been MCing for close to 33 years. Like you released 11 albums, both as a solo artist with various groups and joint projects with producers. Right. Uh, to contrast between this release and past album, what sets the 34 scroll apart from your other past work? Um, honestly, I think this album more than any other album I've dropped in you know over a decade. I think is more uh, not focused on how people would perceive it mm-hmm. um, where I didn't sometimes like when I'll write I do have like my audience in mind and you know I'll say oh you know I think people would feel this joint because it's like a disturbed rugged hard hitting type joint or whatever or you know it's a glass house make you reflect type song with this project I was like yo I don't really care about what whoever thinks about it this is what I need to say right now and um, my the main objective of the project was to do an egoless project I didn't want to boast about me being an MC I just wanted to really dive into perspective and how I'm feeling and you know the way I see the world right now I didn't want to jump into like you know I'm known to do kind of like more 
battle sounding songs at times and I didn't want to do anything like that for this project. So, so would you say that you get more introspective and personal on this album as opposed time, to yeah. your past work? Yeah, I think by far it's it's overall more introspective for yeah. sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, last time we sat down, you talked very highly about Vex, the producer of the album. Right. Uh, you described how when you first met him, he was 16 <laughs> years old at the time. Uh, he was already making beats on the NPC. He was writing rhymes. And uh, since then, he's only further developed and elevated his own unique style since then. Right. Uh, for those that slept, uh, who was Vex? Um, who, how did the two of you initially meet? And what eventually led to you guys coming together to record the 34th scroll? Yeah, Vex, in, in Vex's own right... Vex is a part of a group called Last Jazz Club, and they have a dope. They have two albums that are really dope. Vex releases solo albums on his own. He has a new album out called Born Gifted, and um, Vex produces and MCs on his own. Um, when I first met uh, Vex, like you mentioned, he was 16 years old. I was actually having a birthday party at a park out here, and a friend of mine named Attic One. He's related to Vex in some capacity, and he brought him to my uh, birthday barbecue that I had, and we there was a bunch of people there, and he introduced us, and he's like, yeah, you know, he's like, this is Vex, and he's like, he makes beats, and, you know, he's just a kid at the time, so... I was, like, impressed because he said he used the MPC and at such a young age to be using that equipment versus at the time, like, Fruity Loops was popular. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, this kid is actually using, you know, hardware. Like, this is dope, dude. So I just kept my eyes on him. And as time progressed, he just kept getting better and better and better. And uh, finally, I was just reached out to him. And I was like, dude, we should work on some music together. And I said, let's let's knock out a project. And we just started working on it. So, yeah. yeah. And about how long was that, was that uh, work process from conceiving the album to actually uh, putting out the record about how long did it take it wasn't that long it was less than a year yeah for sure yeah it was less than a year that it, the process was definitely less than a year from when we talked about it to when he started sending me beats to now when we're finished it's definitely less than a year okay yeah like t- keeping in with that timeline it's been a year since you released your um your last project with Harry Apollo and John Jay as right. the Big Block Silvers. Um, how did the recording process differ on the 34th scroll? Having Vex as the album's sole producer as opposed to a group effort with the Big Block Silvers, where on top of UMC, you have multiple band members both producing and uh, playing live instrumentation on the album's tracks. Right, right. Yeah, it was a lot different because um, with the Big Block Silver stuff, a lot of it was layered, meaning like uh, Jason, who does production, he might lay something down and then John would come back and play something live over it. And each time I would kind of get together with those guys and decide like what was working and what was not working. With Vex, he pretty much had the production already laid out. Um, I did go and incorporate a couple people that played live instruments on the Vex stuff too. I had Choosy play keys on a song and I had a cat named Lowdown. Um, He played guitar on a song. Um, So I got those guys to do that after the fact. But Mm -hmm. basically once Vex handed me um, folders of beats, they were already complete. So, yeah. So would you say that like, uh, would you say like it's, Maybe not necessarily easier, but it's a little bit more streamlined working with the MC and a producer as opposed to maybe a group effort with other band members, really. 
Yeah, I mean, um, Vex pretty much already had everything laid down, like I said, and, you know, the process was pretty straightforward. It was either, like, you know, we like it or we don't, and we ended up liking all the songs. Every song we did, we kept. So, you know, those eight songs that you hear are the only eight songs we recorded, whereas, like, normally I'll record, you know, a couple extra, you know, like seven, eight extra songs that... That just don't make the cut. Yeah, that just don't make the cut. In this case, every song made the cut. Oh, okay. Yeah. There seems to be a recent resurgence in with joint projects between solo artists and a return to single producers helming entire albums in hip-hop. We have uh, Master Asa and, and uh, Marco Polo doing a Brooklyn story. Um, right. The various projects that Apollo Brown has done, uh, Sarface with Esoteric and, um, and uh, Inspector Deck. Right. Uh, was it a conscious decision on your guys' part to have Vex produce the project in its entirety? Yeah, oh, definitely, for sure. I honestly... I think I'm pretty much even at this point in my career, I'm over doing like multiple like production albums. Like Big Block Silvers is one thing because it's the same two guys doing the whole production, right? Um, So it's the same vein uh, as this, but um, I won't do like an album anymore where like someone produces three songs and someone does two and songs four. I just feel that it's the vibe is way more cohesive if you stick with one sound throughout, you know what I mean? And um, it's fun doing those type of albums, but it's almost kind of like. Uh, nobody really gets the credit they deserve now in this day and age. If you do an album with like four or five different producers, they don't get their just due because nobody reads credits and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. So if you're putting out an album and it says, oh, produced by Vex, he has his credit right off top. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So that's that's where I'm at with it. So... Uh Vex is he's he's a little bit younger than you. He's um, a lot, yeah. <laughs> a lot younger than uh, you. How would you describe the dynamics between you and Vex as a producer and an MC, especially since you have such a long uh, career in the music industry? And Vex is um, not not so to say it's just starting off, but it's still relatively right. new. Um, is there like? Is there ever you ever like drop gems on him, or does he ever like bring a, another perspective as well? It- oh yeah, we definitely have our own perspectives on things for sure, you know. And um, you know, I I'm hoping that you know in the long run, um, hopefully he'll take something from it as as far as the process and the way that I handle you know doing things. And I think at the end of the day. You know, hopefully it was just a positive experience for him because I know that Vex, you know, he liked my music before he got to work with me for sure. And me, as in the same vein, I was a fan of Vex's, you know, especially watching him grow to the point where I wanted to ask him, let's do something, you know, like... I, I'm not going to reach out to somebody unless if I feel that they're qualified to handle the album. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, Vex was at that point in his career where I'm like, yo, let's do it. And that youthful energy that he brings to the table and the sort of innocence of what he may not know about the industry, you know, um, 
is also something that for me I find value in because it allowed me to kind of go back to that phase of having that you know wide-eyed stance and approaching the project mm-hmm. so um, but uh, you know as I say that um, not putting Bex down at all because Bex has a business sense better than like 90% of the <laughs> artists that I know, you know what I mean? Like he, he handles things on his own uh, perfectly well, so yeah. Yeah, the producers tend to have uh, the business end uh, on lock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Many of would describe Vex production in the same vein of uh, traditional classic boom-bap production. And uh, Vex even cited uh, Can Kick, one of your earliest and uh, longest-staying collaborators, right. as a big influence. Could this album in a way be described as a return-to-form album in a certain way, for you sonically at least? A hundred percent. That's basically exactly what it is. And, you know, for me, um, the... The sound reminded me of working with Can Kick when I was young, you know, so it kind of brought that out in me. Like it, it reminded me of, you know, being in my early 20s and taking trips to Oxnard and recording, you know, on Can Kick's little four track, you know, so the sound completely uh, brought that out, you know, in me. And um, it was, it's very nostalgic in a sense, but then, and the same. A token it's very much now because it allowed me to do um have a certain freedom in the way that i spoke um that i haven't been able to have i feel in my last you know couple albums so mm-hmm. um not that i'm not proud of those albums i just feel like man like this is a way that i would have spoken when i was young and just going into it and not worrying about oh you know i wonder how people are going to perceive this or you know take it i i just ran with it so that was dope as far as vex's part i love that he brought that out in me for sure yeah, absolutely um i guess going on with with can kick as well uh there have been rumors about possible Mysteries and Extinction reunion album in the works for some time now. Could you possibly shed some light and clarify whether those rumors are indeed true and if the album will, uh, will materialize? <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to happen for sure. We'll drop something this coming year um, because we've done three songs with Can Kick already. And my boy Deja from Mysteries Extinction, he also does production. So he's going to handle half of it. We can't kick will handle half of it. And um, we're, you know, working through the odds and ends. Um, we basically have like six songs already, but... Um, and it'll probably be somewhere along the lines of the Vex, like maybe like eight to ten songs or whatever total. Um but uh, what it what it will be is Deja is very um, he's very critical in the way that he's gonna go back and make sure that he manipulates the songs to his liking um, because he's very skilled as far as like mixing and mastering and production wise he'll go back and you know he plays live instrumentation himself too so he'll go back and make sure it's it's everything is. It's, dialed in there you know what i mean mm-hmm. so that's really where we're at with it it's like we're we've done a lot with it he's just kind of dialing it all all, all in. in yeah no doubt internet don't touch that dial step off radio we'll be right back after these messages 
What up, Step Off Radio? This is Nate Witzel with SDLovesHipHop.com. If you vibe with Rob and the good folks here at Step Off Magazine, then chances are you'll love what's going on with the SD Loves Hip Hop podcast. It's available on all streaming platforms. We recently had San Diego's own Odessa Kane, Bay Area Spitter Locksmith, and 2018 SDMA Artist of the Year nominee Parker Edison on the podcast. Right now we have DJ Bar One, South Central MC Jag, both on deck. Come and be a part of the conversation on hip-hop as a catalyst for change over at sdloveshiphop.com. Again, that's SD like San Diego, sdloveshiphop.com. Peace, love, and hip-hop. You have a song on on the record um, for your kids. Right. Um, describe balancing out um, doing the music and also responsibilities as a father and uh, uh, a patriarch of the family. Really, how do you how do you balance those two out? Um, it's just it's basically like you know my kids now are at the age. It's all it's always a struggle. And don't get me wrong, my music does put food on the table, but sometimes it's rough. Sometimes it's not putting food on the table, and sometimes it very much is, you know. Um, it just, it's just a wave. You have to kind of ride, you know. And um, as far as my kids are concerned, they're at that age now where we're finally hitting a point where they're becoming more self-sufficient. So now I'm going to be diving back into the point of working a nine regular nine to five again and all that good stuff but um it's it's been a tough journey up to this point um just you know because i'm the one who basically takes care of my kids you know i i'm the one who takes them to school and goes and takes them to their clubs and picks them up from school and make sure that they're on top of their homework and you know just kind of like that solid you know rock in the family you know what I mean and so me and their mother work together to see uh, (laughs) to see um, what's necessary like you know whether it be financially or whether it be care you know we work together and you know like I said in the song their mom has taken the lead financially in the last few years she's been the primary financial provider for my kids not to say that I don't provide financially for them but Mm -hmm. she's the one that took the lead in that realm and I had to take the lead in the care realm Um, so that's all probably going to come to another point of where it's going to reverse again Um, but it's just uh, balancing the music and the family life is always a challenge but I think I'm entering that point of where it's going to start to ease out again. Yeah. Um, just based on my kids' age. Uh, because uh, they're just at that point of where, like, they have their scholastics down. They're on top of their homework. They know what they need to do. I don't have to get on them as much as I used to. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <coughs> Excuse me. I hope that answered that. I was oh, kind yeah. of all over the place. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess continuing on to that, um, you said before in the past that um, anybody's career in music can be gone tomorrow. Uh, 100%. Period. And um, 
with all the time and effort that goes in the writing and producing music, um, getting artwork done, doing the promotion, getting people to play the music, um, the entire process is really quite exhausting. <laughs> Big time. Yeah. Um, it seems every time you drop a project, this question of whether or not you'll be retiring <laughs> always seems to pop up. For sure. Um, how much longer would you like to remain active in the music business or produce or producing music uh, commercially at least? Uh, that is even if there is even is a timetable. <laughs> right. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like I never know. And like and now I'm at the point of where like I used to kind of like have this definitive vision of like I either want to rap or I don't want to rap. And now it's kind of just like it's a weird state because like. You know, I get a tremendous amount of feedback from people that makes me feel good about making music. Yeah. And, you know, when I release projects, I'm able to sell the product. You know, it's not like, um, you know, I have a bunch of stuff sitting in my closet, you know, (laughs) waiting to be sold or whatever. So... I feel good about releasing music, but then I'm also always questioning myself on that same question, like, how long can this go on for, you know, it, and it's probably, the answer is probably not that long, but who knows, I don't know, you know what I mean? So I guess at the end of the day, as long as I feel like people are listening for now, I'll probably continue to make music. I think it's when I hit that point of going backwards, taking a step back, if I end up having a bunch of product in my closet or whatever, then I would be like, I'm, that's it, I'm done. You know what I mean? But up till now, I feel good about it. And I feel like I'm still gaining um, new fans, you know? So I, I can't complain, you know? <laughs> it certainly seems like you, there's no uh, sign of... Uh any stuff any end in sight really you know you see you see the be doing very well right now it feels that way you know so i i don't i know i'm definitely releasing music in the coming years so <laughs> so i guess i'm just taking it one step at a time you know and, yeah. and see how it goes pretty much absolutely um as you said before you get uh, you get very introspective on this album um you dive into a lot of personal stuff um the legendary jazz blues singer Nina Simone once said that it's an artist's duty to reflect the times in which we live. Um, while artists in every medium share this obligation to be interpreters and storytellers of their own respective eras, uh, perhaps nowhere is this responsibility more apparent than in hip-hop. Uh, what responsibility and obligation do you believe hip-hop artists have to be uh, truth-tellers, um, especially now uh, when there's so much negativity uh, prevalent and disobedient not just not just in the music but just you know in the world in general right, today. right i think it's um it's a huge responsibility and i think we all should be held up to that standard um because if you're not speaking on the things um that are going on around you you know being silent about things is just as um as just as negative um, to the way that we view things as um, as saying something negative in front of somebody. If you're being silent about something, you might as well just be saying something negative because somebody is not going to be able to interpret whether what stance you take, you know. And in this age, we can't be afraid um, to take a stance for the right when we know in our heart that it's the right thing to do. 
and especially with um, with everything coming to the forefront in regards to race relations, in regards to police brutality, in regards to just the injustices that are going on around the world in the way that our government handles, um, how it um, interacts with other countries. It's, it's a shame to see people that are in a place where they might be able to um, either influence people to take a stand or to just um, give those same people uh, that encouragement that, hey, I'm here. I, I, I know where you stand and I'm here. I'm with you guys. You know what I'm saying? So uh, taking no stance is not never an option for me, for sure. Never. In a sense, as a, from an artist standpoint, like silence is complicity. 100%. Yeah. Um, on this record, um, as we mentioned, um, Vex is a much, much younger artist. And you said, you know, you guys go back and forth, you know, giving advice to one another. Uh, what advice do you have for young artists and musicians and performers who want to get into the music scene or the entertainment business, especially those that want to send uh, positive, uplifting messages right. uh, such as yours? <laughs> um, the first thing that I would say is... Uh, what, and I've been thinking about this in the last few days because um, we're at that time of the year where everybody is posting their Spotify numbers. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen this, but it's a, everywhere on my timeline on Instagram because... For listeners that don't know, uh, Spotify is is posting up uh, the artist numbers, so clicks, plays, right. followers, and it's kind of become a trend on social media for artists to, uh, to post up these numbers, and this is what we're referring to. Right, and so I decided, um, last year I posted my numbers, and this year I decided not to, and I actually did way better this year than I did last year, but I decided not to post my numbers because, um, number one, for the artists that have higher numbers than me, um, I don't want those artists to think that they're better than me because their numbers are higher because that means nothing to me. You provided somebody with inspiration or you provided somebody with music that's going to help them get through their day. That should be your focus. The numbers will come naturally if it's right for the people, you know? And if it's not, just be happy with you know, who you have as an audience or that you have any audience whatsoever, you know. So my main advice is don't play the numbers game, whether it's Spotify, whether it's how many followers you have, whatever. And it's a lot of that is illusion, too, because, you know, you could um, you could follow like I could go right now and follow a bunch of people and people would follow me back and I could have. 20,000, you know, followers, right? Mm -hmm. But how many of those people really care about my music? I'd rather have a hundred people that care about what I do than 20,000 that, you know, out of that 20,000, there's still a hundred that care about what I do, you know? Mm -hmm. So don't worry about the illusion that comes with the numbers game, basically. Absolutely. So, Tell us what you can about any upcoming projects you have lined up for the future in 2019. What does the immediate future hold for Blame One? The the projects that for sure will come out, I have a tons of stuff that I've been working on, like an endless list of stuff. But the stuff I know for a 100% fact that's going to come out will be the Mysteries Extinction, 
and a project I have with a producer named Preed. Um, he's from L.A. So those two, I know for a fact, will come out. The rest, I'm not going to speak about yet because I'm not positive. Okay. <laughs> are there any tentative titles for those projects, or are they still um, still in development? Yeah, they're still at a working stage. They both are like, you know, I'd say they're both at like 60%. Um, so those are closing in. Um, but we haven't come up with titles or anything yet. Uh, for listeners at home, how long of a span will this be between uh, the last Mystery Extinction project? 20 years. Over 20 years. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, the last thing that... The last thing we actually released was we was the first piece of vinyl that I was on. We did a song called Ionized Compromise that was on this... A uh, compilation called uh, the Blast Off Compilation Volume Two, and that came out in 1998. That was the last song we released. So, so exactly 20 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> literally. So um, we did drop an EP about 10 years ago with Can Kick, but that was old material as well. So okay. um, yeah, so I mean, um, it's basically been 20 years since we got together, you know. <laughs> So, and I just saw all those guys for the first time in all, well over a decade and like two weeks ago. So. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so it should be oh. cool. Um, where can people find you and follow you online to hear your music and get all the latest updates on any possible shows, promotions, and other events? Anything else uh, uh, Blame One related, really? Uh, best way is like either Instagram, the blame underscore one, or just blame one at Twitter. Those are my best best ways to get in contact with me for sure. If you want to go and just find my music, just hit up Spotify or Apple Music or whatever. You know, it's on all the digital platforms. I have vinyl out there for the vinyl heads for sure. <laughs> Yeah, also with that, uh, let the fans know, uh, where can they get the 34 scroll? Uh, what formats is available along? Uh, right now, just digitally, but next month we're dropping the vinyl through a company called HHV in Germany. So it's going to be available next month. I think we're going to have the pre-order up in like a week or so. Um, so we should have the pre-order up in about a week. And um, HHV in Germany is going to probably distribute most of those vinyls throughout Europe. So to get your hands on it in the U.S., you're going to have to jump on that pre-order link, you know. So that will be coming up soon for sure. So limited quality. Yeah, limited. It's only uh, 300 are going to be pressed. That's it. 300, so yeah, limited quantity. Yeah, limited <laughs> quantity, only 300 press. All right. It's the double vinyl, though. It's going to be the album and the instrumental. So. Oh, so, awesome. Okay. Yeah, so I'm stoked about that. Um, do you have any closing comments? Anything else you want to let um, our listeners know or just some closing words of wisdom? Um, not really. I just want to say, you know, um, big up. So my man Shere Khan for, you know, taking the time to interview me and driving all the way down to the sticks of North County SD. <laughs> We're at a nice little Mexican restaurant for those of you that want to <laughs> check it out. It's dope. Um, El Nachero. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. And so I uh, thank you for coming all the way down here. And um, oh, I do want to add because nobody um, touched on this yet. I do want to add that I did. I actually did the art for the album as well. 
So I think that that's kind of like a key piece because not too many MCs actually do the artwork for their albums. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you actually did the art you because um, it's it's parchment. Right, and it's it's like cinched on the there. So you did that. You do the art. You right. you photographed it as well. Right. Well, um, a cat named Stell did the photography of it, but I did the actual scroll. I rolled the scroll. I did the art on the scroll. I burnt the scroll. I basically like did everything, and I you know picked out the location where I wanted to shoot the scroll. And one last question, just to, just to throw in as a bonus for all the graph heads out there, uh, you don't get to do uh, graffiti as much. Um, between just music and just life, really. Right. Uh, but how's that going? Have you been able to go out to writer's block or any yeah. of spots? Yeah, I painted... Um, I painted uh, not too long ago, actually, with Vex. Okay. So, yeah, me and Vex went to go paint. And Vex is a phenomenal graffiti writer. I don't think he'll want me to say his graffiti name because he's actually active in graffiti. <laughs> so maybe maybe not be such a good idea. Yeah, so I'm not going to say his graffiti name, but Vex is actually, like, a phenomenal um, graffiti writer. Like, he can body me, I'll tell you that much. Oh, man, but, okay. um yeah, like I got I got to go out and paint with him, and it was awesome, man. Like it felt amazing, you know. That was maybe like I don't know six months ago or something. So yeah, yeah, I, you know, I plan to get out soon again too, for sure. I've been having the itch and collecting my cans. I almost went on Thanksgiving <laughs> by myself. <laughs> I had my cans all together, and my lady was like, "Nah, don't go on Thanksgiving." <laughs> so <laughs> soon, soon, soon. <laughs> for sure. Um, I guess just to go on up on one last one is um, any local. Um, artist that uh, you want to shout out that you would look forward to possibly working with in the future? Or maybe none, line of them. Up? none of them. None of them. Just kidding. I actually, um, well, I, I was just inspired by Sean P to say that because I was watching this. I watched the most funniest interview, dude. And they were like, they were like, P, they're like, like, who's your top five favorite female MCs? And he was like, none of them. <laughs> <laughs> and I was dying laughing. Like, I just could not stop laughing. In classic laughing. Sean P style. Yeah, and then he was like, nah, well, wait up. He's like, my wife likes MC Light, so MC Light. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was funny. But nah, um... You know, there's plenty of dope local cats. I think um, who I'm going to I'm going to give a shout out to who I think is probably making the most noise right now, which is uh, 18 scales for the younger uh, up and comers. 18 scales has a good um, a good drive, good fan base, good vibe. They're just starting to really make a lot of noise and. Um, you know, big up 18 skills. Those guys are doing their thing. And I, I like performing with those guys. I've performed with them a couple times now. And they always have bring good energy to the table. So I, I want to give them a shout out. And you guys can check out their music. They have their music on Bandcamp and all that for sure. Absolutely. Um, any possibility of maybe um, shows? Uh, in promotion yeah, for the album? Locally? Yeah, definitely. I did, uh, I did a couple shows recently. So I like to space it out if it's in San Diego. I did one down in San Diego just a couple months ago. Um, and then I did for Hip Hop Wednesdays that Kali runs, Big Up Kali. And then I just did one here in Vista like a month ago too. So 
it'll be a, probably a little while because I like to space it out when especially down here, you know. But definitely, I'll, I'll be rocking some shows for sure. No doubt. Well, Blame One, once again, it's as always, it's been a pleasure. Thank uh, you so much for taking you, the time. Sit down and talk with us today. Oh, no doubt. Thank you, brother. Well, that's our show. Thanks again for listening, guys. Uh, again, I want to thank Blame One for taking the time out of his schedule to sit down and talk to us about the 34th scroll. And thank you guys for tuning in and listening. We hope you enjoyed it and hope that you guys post, reshare, and all that good stuff. The 34th Scroll with Blame One and Vex is available to purchase and stream on all major streaming platforms. We're going to close out with a track off the album that's entitled Front and Foes, produced by Vex and featuring Scratches from Exile. And we out. Back in the days, the homies used to call me paper thin. I still have flashbacks of that trying to escape the sin. I once committed and the wrongs that I'm about to do. Jacked a couple kids, I even robbed myself a house or two. That's why my godly son is still a young apprentice. Cause I fit in hell well the way I dwell amongst the menace. Can't pretend it's like I did a 180 overnight. Cause I still be thinking shady when my money is tight. I mean, I overstand the challenges. I did the self-analysis. I'm trying to leave the ghettos of the mind to find the palaces. Leaving what I choose, but that's according to who. I gotta deal with who I was. I read them 40 and views. They say that crime is decreasing and the quality is rising. I guess this displacement of my anger's not surprising. Realizing in my spirit where the warriors kept. And yet the devil keep testing cause he's trying to get a rap. Some people wanna spy on you to see how you're doing. They keep spying cause they wanna see you lying and ruin. They say I hope it's all good. Wishing you all the worst for who job blessed when no man can curse. Some people wanna spy on you to see how you're doing. They keep spying but they wanna see you lying and ruin. They say I hope it's all good. Wishing you all the worst but who job blessed when no man can curse. They say the haters gonna hate him though it sounds less than stunning. Some will use it as a crutch and try to hide their shortcomings but you can't keep running. Should've listened to the far side. I wonder where your ball's high. His musical apartheid. Thought the nonsense would cease once I hit an older stage. Talk behind my back like my mouth was on my shoulder blades. I go to rage and realize divine in my demeanor. They wanna see me hit the red. You find upon the meter when you're almost out of gas but I was born to last. You found faster sound class. Pronounce me the king. With or without cash I outlast. So what if I'm working at temp agency? Never let a man decide the person I was made to be. Front and foes are the suckers I'm not confused with. No challenge. God gave me this talent so I'm used. Some people wanna spy on you to see how you're doing. They keep spying cause they wanna see you lying and ruin. They say I hope it's all good. Wishing you all the worst for who job blessed when no man can curse. Some people wanna spy on you to see how you're doing. They keep spying but they wanna see you lying and ruin. They say I hope it's all good. Wishing you all the worst but who job blessed when no man can curse. So when they laugh, I also laugh, it's past the passion At this point, no masking, the fact I'm a master craftsman All I'm asking from the most high is give me the direction To reach the proper people, making use of every lesson On these roads that I navigate, and though it used to agitate Seeing senseless rappers eating, even when I had a plate I realized the error in the use of my time Half of my worries are illusions I produce in my mind I'm just fine being a service to those who are soul searching When it's urgent, maybe words will resurface That hole hurting in the palm of my hand Turning 
the mountains in the grain of sand If anything I do overstand the strength of pain of man I paint a plan of perfection through the forgiveness I was given Now I'm living, I'm driven, I mean business So to all the front and foes, have to leave you to your solitude Better speak to John cause he's the one who might acknowledge you You know what I'm saying? Better speak to Jock cause he's the one who might acknowledge you Some people wanna find you to see how you're doing They keep spying cause they wanna see you lying and ruin They say I hope it's all good Wishing you all the worst But who job bless what no man can curse Some people wanna find you to see how you're doing They keep spying but they wanna see you lying and ruin They say I hope it's all good Wishing you all the worst But who job bless what no man can This episode of Step Off Radio was recorded live in Vista, California. Our music was done by DJ Root. This has been a Step Off Magazine production.